chapter number 10, if you'll turn with me in your Bibles in the book of John, Gospel according to St. John in chapter number 10. And uh, I want to read a few verses of Scripture in this passage of Scripture, and uh, then we will bring to you the message that the Lord has laid on our hearts. John chapter number 10, if you'll turn with me in your Bibles, and uh, we'll begin in verse number 10. If you're able and willing, it would be all right. Go ahead and stand with us when you find your place. John chapter number 10, and for the sake of those who are on our online feeds, I don't do this, but I'm going to preach with a microphone so they can hear me this morning, and I thought about leaving it right there, but if I do, I'm going to preach to TJ and, and Tom and, and all over there. Only ones y'all going to get preached to is those over there, so I'll just hold the microphone and feel like a bona fide uh, um, televangelist this morning, all right? So... Um, but uh, anyway, I want to try to preach to those who are here and those who are watching as well the gospel of the word of the Lord. Last time I preached with a handheld microphone, I was in prison. And uh, so thank God I was not incarcerated. Amen. Volunteering. John chapter 10, verse number 10. The word of the Lord says, Then the, the thief cometh not but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. I am come that they might have life, and that they might have it more abundantly. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd giveth his life for the sheep. But he that is an hireling, and not the shepherd, whose own the sheep are not, seeth the wolf coming, and leaveth the sheep, and fleeth, and the wolf catcheth them, and scattereth the sheep. The hireling fleeth, because he is an hireling, and careth not for the sheep. I am the good shepherd, and, I, and know my sheep. And I am known of mine, as the Father knoweth me, even so know I the Father. And I lay down my life for the sheep. And other sheep I have, which are not of this fold, them also must I bring. And they shall hear my voice, 
and they shall be one fold and one shepherd. That speaks of the Gentiles that would come. Now, I may not come back to this. I want to say it while I'm here. Jesus had told them in Matthew 15 that he had come for the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Well, now he makes it clear in this verse that this thing of him being the good shepherd is not just for the lost sheep of the house of Israel, but he said, I also have other sheep. And the time is going to come when they're also going to hear my voice and they're also going to respond to my call and there will be one fold and one shepherd. And that is the, the New Testament church. That is the Gentiles who have been brought into this family of God. That's for us today. Verse 17, Therefore doth my Father love me, because I lay down my life, that I may take it up again. No man taketh it from me, but I lay, lay it down of myself. I have the power to lay it down, and I have the power to take it again. This commandment have I received of my Father. There was a division, therefore, again among the Jews for these sayings. You can be seated this morning. Thank you for standing with us while we read the, bread, the word of the Lord. I want to preach this morning about this phrase from our Lord Jesus mentioned twice in these verses, in verse 11, and again in verse number 14, I am the good shepherd. I am the good shepherd. Now we've been preaching about these I am's of Jesus through the book of John. And we've talked already about the I am the bread of life. I am the light of the world. I am the door. We preached about last Sunday in the earlier part of this chapter. And now we're talking about this I am the good shepherd. Now there are seven occasions in the book of John where Jesus specifically claims a title. In each of these, he states claims to divinity, and he re relates truths to the Jewish persons who are listening. And it is of no accident that he uses the words again and again, I am. There are more than just words to start a sentence, but they're indicators of our Lord's identity that would have been uniquely understood by the Jews of this time. When Moses saw that bush of fire that wouldn't be consumed in Exodus chapter 3, and he said, Lord, when I go back to Egypt to tell them that God has sent me, and I'm too Egyptian to be Hebrew and too Hebrew to be Egyptian, who shall I tell them has sent me unto them? The Lord said, tell them, I am has sent you. I am that I am. That is my name. And this word I am is the self-existent one, the Yahweh, the Jehovah God. When Jesus says I am, he is connecting himself with a title to God. And thereby claiming not only to be the Son of God, but to be God the Son. God manifest in the flesh. Jesus said things like John chapter 8 verse 28. Then said Jesus unto them, When you have lifted up the Son of Man, then you shall know that I am He. He said things like John 13 and 13. You call me Master and Lord. And you say, Well, for so I am. Amen. He used that great phrase from John 8 and 58 when He said unto them, Before Abraham was... I am. And that is the I am. That is not by accident. In today's message this morning, we have already seen the bread of life, the light of the world, the door. In today's message, he says, I am the good shepherd. I am the good shepherd. And I am thankful that he is the good shepherd. He's the shepherd of the sheep. And so I want to give you four things this morning about this shepherd, the good shepherd, where Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. And a few things about those four things that will be finished this morning. First of all, I want to tell you this portion of Scripture or this statement of Christ has prophetic impl implications. Psalms chapter 23 especially lets us know that the Yahweh, the I am, the Lord, by the way, that word, the Lord, L, capital L, capital O, capital R, capital D, the Lord is that underlying word Yahweh or Jehovah. Jehovah is my shepherd. The I am is my shepherd. The Yahweh is my shepherd. For Jesus to say, I am the good shepherd, it would have been recognized by every Jew listening to him 
as words similar to those spoken by David when he wrote the 23rd Psalm saying the I am is my shepherd. And Jesus said that's me. I am that good shepherd. I am the good shepherd. And my friend the Hebrew title used in Psalms 23 is Jehovah Roha. That is to say the I am is my shepherd. This prophesies of a personal relationship. In the Old Testament, the people had no indwelling of the Holy Ghost. They had no living of God inside of them. But Jesus came to make this relationship personal. Most of those Yahweh titles of the Old Testament, those Jehovah titles in the Old Bible, tell us about God's relationship to Israel as a people. God's relationship to them nationally. God's relationship to them corporately. But Psalms 23 and 1 tells us about His relationship to them personally. And when Jesus says, I am the good shepherd, it's to let them know I'm not just the God of Israel. I'm not just the God of a nation. I'm not just the God of the church. I am yours. I belong to you and you belong to me. And this thing is going to be a personal relationship. Jesus has come to fulfill all the law and the prophets. Those Yahweh titles, ones like uh, Jehovah Nisi, that is the Lord our banner. Jehovah Jireh, the Lord our provider. Jehovah El Elyon, the Lord our most high. Jehovah Shalom, the Lord our peace. But when he says in Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd, that is Jehovah Rohai. That is the Lord is my shepherd, not the Lord our shepherd, and he is but he personalizes it and says the Lord is my shepherd. It is a personal thing because Jesus came that you may know him personally. When Psalm 23 says the Lord is my shepherd and Jesus says I am the good shepherd that lets us know all that is promised in the 23rd Psalm is fulfilled in the Lord Jesus Christ. This morning you need look no further to find the shepherd. You need look no further to find the one that would fulfill every promise of the Old Testament. It is in the Lord Jesus. He is the fulfillment of all. He, in Him dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. It's in Jesus, by Jesus, through Jesus, and from Jesus and because of Jesus. The prophetic implications are clear. Jesus has come that we might know Him personally. This morning the promise is unto you and to your children and to them that are far off, even to as many as the Lord our God shall call. It is for them personally. He came to His own in John 1 and 11. And his own received him not. The nation refused him. But to as many as received him, said verse number 12, to them, my friend, he gave the power to become the sons of God, even to as many as believe on his name. And my friend, it is not a national promise. It's a personal promise. It is a promise that the Lord will hear you when you call on him. Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And that is the promise of the Lord Himself. Prophecy from the Old Testament fulfilled in the New. Joel, prophet Joel said that the time will come when whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Peter stands up on the day of Pentecost in Acts chapter 2 and said this is none other than that which has been prophesied by the prophet Joel. And he began to preach to them about their old men. Uh, my, my friend having dreams and the young men seeing visions and all of these things. And he said and it has come to pass that which the prophet has said that whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord it shall be saved. These are the Old Testament prophecies coming true in Jesus when he says, I am the good shepherd. It's to let that crowd know all that the Old Testament has promised. I'll fulfill it. Every jot, every tittle, every promise, every prediction, every prophecy, I'm going to fulfill it all. And when he says, I am Yahweh, the good shepherd, that's me. You've seen him. You've talked about him as the God unseen. As my friend, the high and holy one that cannot be perceived with the eye nor heard with the ear. But here I stand before you in human flesh. And I'm going to fulfill every promise that God ever made because I am the good shepherd. And so there is a prophetic implication. Number two, this morning there is a pictorial implication. 
That is, the shepherds played a prominent role in the Old Testament economy. These shepherds were pictures. They were types. They were shadows of the Christ who was to come. Brother John taught about and these other Sunday school teachers taught about in their classes this morning that the priest and king Melchizedek, that one who was uh, the, uh, the king, the priest, and the judge, and how he was a type or an illustration or a likeness of Jesus that would come. We use the words in theological speak, uh, type and anti-type. That he is the type is the illustration, but the anti-type is the converse or the flip side of that. It is not the illustration, it's the real deal. It's the real thing. The shepherds of the Old Testament are a type of Christ or an illustration of Christ, a forerunner to Christ, one to point us to Christ. Oh, but when Jesus comes, He's not a type. He's not an illustration. He's the real deal. He's the fulfillment of every illustration, of every type, of every picture. Types always, Brother Peace has preached this to us uh, time and again, types always fall apart at some point. Every illustration of Christ in the Old Testament falls short at some point because those things and those men were not Christ. They were illustrations of the Christ that were to come. But when Jesus comes, He does not fall short in any way. He fulfills every part. There is no shortcoming. He is not an imitation. He is not a type. He is not a picture. He is not an illustration. He is the Good Shepherd. He didn't say, I am like the Good Shepherd. He said, I am the Good Shepherd. He didn't say, I'm kind of similar to the Good Shepherd. He said, I am the Good Shepherd. Jesus is not the picture. He's the type. He is not the illustration. He's the real deal. He's not an imposter. He is the fulfillment of every promise of God of the Old Testament. He is. He has put pictorial implications. And now Jesus is the fulfillment of these pictures. There is in the Old Testament the picture of the shepherd and deliverer. His name was Moses. And Jesus is our heavenly Moses. And Moses is the deliverer. Moses was a king who became a shepherd that God may make him the deliverer of Israel out of Egypt. It is an illustration of Christ who in my friend being in the form of God thought it not Robert to be found equal with God but he made of himself no reputation. He was a king who became a shepherd and he became a shepherd that he might lead Israel as surely as what Moses led them out of Egypt that he might lead them out of sin. Jesus might lead them out of sin out of bondage, out of worldliness, out of captivity. And not just Israel, not just Egypt but him my friend he said I have other sheep that you don't know about. Hallelujah. And so my friend he came to lead us out of Egyptian bondage out of sin, out of wickedness, out of blindness, out of darkness out of this whole world. And he becomes our shepherd deliverer. Oh my friend hey Moses was a shepherd but signs and wonders were done by his hand. Whenever he took that uh, his first miracle uh, by the way there were indications as to who he was uh, as he cast that to serve had that rod down and it became a serpent and then he grabbed the serpent by the tail and it became a rod again that would not be the last time serpents and poles uh, would be connected in the life of Moses uh, but there'd come a time when the serpents would begin to bite the people of Israel and we studied about it in Sunday school just a week or two ago uh, and they would begin to die one by one but Moses would make a serpent on a pole a brazen serpent on a pole and when they were bitten by those fiery serpents if they would look to the brazen serpent they would live all down there in Egypt there were serpents made by the Egyptians but that same serpent that Moses would grab its tail and turn into a pole gobbled up the serpents of the Egyptians and then he grabbed it by the tail and became a rod or staff again Oh, all pointing to the Lord Jesus Christ. Oh, whenever Moses began working miracles and plagues in Egypt, the first miracle was to take his rod, put it in the Nile River, and turn the water into blood. 
when Jesus came to this world, His first miracle, how my friend was not turning water to blood, but turning water to wine. Hallelujah. And then Jesus would in His death time say, I drink of this cup, for He said, that wine is my blood that is given for you. Moses' first miracle was to turn a source of life, the Nile River, into a source of death. Water turned to blood. But Jesus is greater than the Moses. Jesus is greater than the king. And Jesus is greater than the shepherd deliverer. He didn't turn a water source, a life source into a death source. But my friend, he turned water into wine. He turned, my friend, it into joy. He turned it into his own blood that had give us life. And life more abundantly. He is our shepherd deliverer, but he's greater than Moses. He is our shepherd king, but he is greater than Moses. Oh, Jesus told us in the book of John, He said the law came by Moses, but grace and truth came by the Lord Jesus Christ. Moses was the king that became a shepherd and became a lawgiver. But Jesus was a king that became a shepherd and became a grace giver. Hallelujah. Amen. And the letter killeth, but to my friend the Spirit giveth life. He is our heavenly Moses. When he says, I am the good shepherd, that lets us know he's our heavenly Heavenly Moses. And Jesus is better than Moses. For Moses could deliver the children of Israel out of Egypt. But he was not able to deliver them into Canaan. He got them as far as a threshold of Canaan. But because Moses was imperfect, he did not get to enter into Canaan land. But what Moses could not do, and Joshua, Yeshua is his Hebrew name, and does do in bringing the children of Israel into Canaan land. Yeshua is the same word we translate into Greek and my friend into our English language Jesus what Moses couldn't do Jesus that Old Testament Jesus did it what the law could not do what that Old Testament shepherd my friend deliverer could not do when Jesus says I am the good shepherd he said I will do I'll bring you into that Canaan land I'll bring you into that place I prepared for you. Oh, not only can He get you out of Egypt, He gets you into Canaan. Not only is He my Savior, but He is my indweller. He is my filler in the Holy Ghost. He is my baptizer. Hallelujah. With fire and with the Spirit of God, the Scripture says. He's a good shepherd is what He is. And my friend, He's our heavenly Moses. The pictures of the Old Testament are clear. Those great shepherds of the Old Testament. The Bible tells us about the shepherd deliverer. The Bible tells us about the shepherd king. That's the man by the name of David. David was a shepherd on the backside. Have my friend the field keeping the sheep. But praise God there came a day when the Lord made him the king. The Lord sent Samuel down there too. Have my friend to anoint him. And to make him king over the people of Israel. Oh, my friend, he's our heavenly. The Lord is our heavenly David. My friend, he's our heavenly Moses, that deliverer. He's our heavenly David, that shepherd king. My friend, he is that man who God anointed to be king. He was a shepherd who was a man after God's own heart. Jesus is the good shepherd who is called the son of David. Jesus is the shepherd who is also the king. David was a shepherd and he was also a king. Jesus is a shepherd and is also the king. Hallelujah. Oh, listen, oh, Moses had to be demoted from king to shepherd. But David was promoted from shepherd to king. Make no mistake about it because Jesus laid down his life. God has highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name. That if the name of Jesus every knee should bow, every tongue should confess that he is Lord. In the glory of God the Father, he not only my friend took the the humility and the demotion to step down from king to shepherd. But praise God, he's been promoted from shepherd to 
king again. Hallelujah. He's our heavenly David. Jesus is the good shepherd. The son of David. Every time Jesus would step out and call himself the son of David, he knew what that meant. I'm the promised one. I'm the one that everybody's been looking for. I am the descendant of David. I am an heir to a throne. I am the promise of God. When blind Bartimaeus called on Jesus, he said, Jesus, thou son of David. That is to say, thou Messiah, thou promised one of God, the Christ of God. Have mercy on me. Praise God, he's the son of David. Jesus is a shepherd who also is a king. And just as surely as Jesus was better than Moses, Jesus is better than David. For David was the most powerful king of Israel. The most mighty king of Israel. The greatest warrior of Israel. They came closer to occupying all the land of Canaan during David's time than under any king. But whereas David could conquer the enemies of Israel, he could not conquer his own sin. But my friend, not only did Jesus conquer our enemies, he also conquered sin. He also gave us deliverance from sin. And David, my friend, was an adulterer. David had personal failures. But we have an high priest that can be touched with the feeling of our infirmities. He was tested and tempted in all points as we are, yet without sin. And he is better than David. He's not just a shepherd. He's a good shepherd. Hallelujah. Amen. The pictorial implications. He's our heavenly Moses, a shepherd deliverer. He's our heavenly David, the shepherd king. There's a dozen of these I could give you in the Old Testament preach the rest of the day. I just want to give you one more because I like preaching. And that is, he's the shepherd prophet. I mean, he's that preacher from the Old Testament. Ain't never been a preacher like Jesus, friend. Ain't never been a preacher like Jesus. But there was a preacher in the Old Testament who is a picture of him. And he's a shepherd preacher. His name is Amos. And God, the Lord Jesus, God the Son, is our heavenly Amos. Now some of y'all don't even know how to preach that. You can't remember who Amos is and what he did. But I'm going to tell you a little bit about Amos. Amos was that prophet of the Old Testament. He was a shepherd and he was a prophet. As surely as Moses was a shepherd and a deliverer. As surely as David was a shepherd and a king. Amos was a shepherd and a prophet. And the Bible says Amos was not a prophet. And nor was he a priest. Nor was he the son of a priest. Nor the son of a prophet. But he was a farmer, a gatherer of sycamore fruit and a shepherd. Oh, my friend, hey. But God came to him while following the sheep coat and said, you're going to preach, thus saith the word of the Lord. And the Holy Ghost of God anointed him. And God gave him a message. And Amos preached with power on his life and delivered the word of the Lord. Oh, listen to me, Jesus had no lineage of preachers in his family. His daddy was not a preacher, not a prophet, nor a priest. He was a common worker. He was a carpenter. Oh, but when Jesus came, he was a good shepherd who was a prophet, and he was more than a prophet. Hallelujah. Amos said his words were not his own. Amos said, my words are, thus saith the word of the Lord. They were the words of the one who sent him. Jesus said it this way, the word which you hear is not mine, but the Father's which has sent me. Does that not sound the same as Amos to you? He is the good shepherd. He's the shepherd prophet. Oh, John 14, 24. But I want to hear you this I want you to hear me this morning. Jesus is better than Amos. He is better than Amos. For when Amos preached, they said, get out of town. When Amos preached, they said, leave here and prophesy no more here. Oh, but listen. When Jesus came, they felt the same way about him. But they were afraid to even arrest him. For in John chapter 7, they said, why didn't you arrest him? They said, never a man has paid like this man. His preaching was better than anybody's. They said, well, what in the world is he saying? They said, we don't know all that he's saying. But his words are life. And will you also go away, said John 6. Peter said, Lord, to whom shall we go? Thou hast the words. Thou hast the words of eternal life. Hallelujah. Oh, 
bless his name. Jesus is better than Amos. They said he spake not as a priest or as the scribes. For he spake as one having authority. Because he did have authority. And praise God, he's our heavenly shepherd. Our heavenly Amos. It has pictorial implications, prophetic implications. And then I want to say he's not only our heavenly Amos or heavenly Moses or heavenly David, he is our good shepherd. He's not a thief. He's not an imposter. He's not an employee. But he's the owner of the sheep. He's the real deal. Amen. Hallelujah. Granddaddy went on to be with the Lord. He was always my pastor all my life growing up. And he, he would say things about stuff. If he liked something, if he... Thought it was good quality, and he was into quality. Now, he wasn't in spending big money, but he was into quality, and he would spend a little extra money to get what he wanted of high quality instead of buying junk. He was real particular about floors and shoes. He was real particular about John Deere tractors. He was real particular about blue plate mayonnaise. I mean, things that he felt like was good quality. I mean, he would, and listen, I agreed with him on most all of it except that mayonnaise, and the only mayonnaise that I know of that's good mayonnaise is the kind that belongs to somebody else but me because I don't like mayonnaise. Oh, but he was particular about good quality. And if something was good, he'd say, now that's a real deal right there. That's a real thing. That's not no toy. He'd talk about his tractor. He'd spent good money on that tractor and went ahead and spent extra to get it exactly the way he wanted it. And he said, that ain't no toy tractor. That's a real tractor there. That was always his phrase. Now listen to me. I'm going to borrow it from him just a minute. We're not talking about some little toy God, some little toy shepherd. That's some little picture or type or illustration we're talking about Jesus he's the real deal he's the good shepherd and he's not just Moses he's not just David he's not just Amos he ain't even just Melchizedek he's the real deal he's the good shepherd he's God the son manifested in the flesh the pictorial implications the fulfillment of every promise is what he is Prophetic implications of I am the good shepherd. The pictorial implications of I am the good shepherd. And the practical implications of I am the good shepherd. This is where our preaching ought to drive to on a real regular basis. Not just what the Bible says. If I could, if all I ever tell you is just what the Bible says and you're literate, you could read that for yourself. But I also take what the Bible says and preach about what the Bible means. How does it apply to me? What can I do with it in my life? How does that make a difference in where I live today? The practical implications when Jesus says I am the good shepherd. There are more than theological truths for us in this passage, but there's some very important practical truths to be enjoyed. I want to give you just three of them here, and I'm moving to my last point. These practical implications. I want to say, first of all, if Jesus said, and He is, I am the good shepherd, then my shepherd is my provision. My shepherd is my provision. Psalm 23, I am the good shepherd. That is. The Yahweh, the Jehovah Roha. I am the good shepherd. I am your shepherd. He is my provision. Psalm 23 said, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He provides everything that I need. My shepherd is my provision. That means he gives. He gives. He gives. Oh, bless him his dear name. Psalm 23 tells me he gives me green pastures. He gives me still waters. He gives me soul restoration. And my friend, he gives me food. He gives me water. He gives me peace. My shepherd is my provision. My shepherd is my pathfinder. My shepherd is my pathfinder. And when I see him as my provision, he gives. When I see him as my pathfinder, he guides. Hallelujah. He guides. He tells me where to go. You see, he leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. And that's the next point I can't get on it yet. He guides, he guides. He leads me in paths of righteousness. Hey, he shows me the right path. He leads me down.
down the right path. He doesn't just tell me where to go and how to go, but He leads me where I go. He shows me how to go. He leads me in paths of righteousness. Guides me in right paths. He guides me even through the valley of the shadow of death because He knows the way. He's been there before. He knows where, how to come through on the other side. Hallelujah. The shepherd is my pathfinder. He guides. He is my provider. He gives. And I want to say, my shepherd is my protection. He guards. He guards. Oh, in the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Oh, why do I not fear evil in the valley of the shadow of death? It's a spooky place. My friend, it's a scary place. It's a dark place. It's a dangerous place. But why am I not afraid? Because he guards me. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. Does that mean I'm not going to die? Does that mean I'm going to be shielded from any bad thing ever happening to me? Does that mean that I'm not ever going to have death come creeping upon my door? Not at all. He's going to follow me with goodness and mercy all the days of my life. But then when I leave this old world, I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. We're going to die. But between here and death, God's going to be with us. And when we die, He won't forsake you then either. He'll hold our hands as over this river I go and safe I shall be in beautiful heaven I know. He guards me. Goodness and mercy follows me all the days of my life. Now Luke chapter 15, the, the Pharisees and scribes drew near to hear him. And the sinners and the publicans came to hear him. And some criticized him and some fussed at him and said he eats with sinners. And tonight, today, instead of being critical of Jesus for eating with sinners, we ought to say thank God he receives sinners and eats with them. If he didn't receive sinners, all of us would be lost. But since he received sinners, you're a candidate and so am I. But he receives sinners and eats with them. And he begins to preach unto them the gospel. By the way, he didn't criticize them, he just preached to them. And that's what we need to learn from. Preach the gospel unto them. And he began to tell a parable that had three parts. The first part was that of a lost sheep, then that of a lost silver, and then that of the lost son. In the parable of the lost sheep he tells about a man that has a hundred sheep. And he said, what man of you have a hundred sheep? And one of them gets lost and begins to stray from the fold. Doth not leave the ninety and nine. And seek after the one until he find it. And he said, when he hath found it, he brings it home. He cradles it in his arms, brings it back, and says, rejoice with me, for I have found that sheep which I had lost. Praise God for the shepherd who guards after and protects the sheep. The shepherd sought it, delivered it, and brought it home and restored it to health and to safety while rejoicing over his salvation. He is the shepherd to the lost sheep. And I thank the Lord that's the case. He's the shepherd to the lacking sheep. That sheep outside the fold was lacking a fold. He was lacking a shepherd. He was lacking food. He was lacking shelter. But praise God the shepherd found him when he was lacking and brought it back home again. He was lost and was lacking. He was a shepherd to a lonely sheep all by itself. There's 99 sheep back in the fold. But where that lost sheep is, he's alone. There's a friend fellowship back in the fold. There's a shepherd back in the fold. And there is comfort back in the fold. But for that lost sheep, he's lonely. He's by himself. Let me tell you, Jesus will be your shepherd. When you're by yourself, you won't be by yourself. Charles Spurgeon said, a child of God can only walk alone if he chooses to ignore the company he has. The Lord Jesus is walking with us. He is our shepherd. He's with us every step of the way. He's our guard along this way. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The lacking sheep, the lonely sheep, the little sheep. He was a shepherd to him. How you know how big that sheep is? I don't know how big he is. But I know he wasn't too big for the shepherd to bring him up, the Bible says, and to lift him up and put him on his shoulders and carry him back to the sheepfold. He was big. Listen, either the shepherd is mighty big or the sheep is awful small. And I believe it's both. Amen. We got a great big shepherd and we're a little new sheep. And my friend, you may seem small and insignificant and unimportant today, but God cares about you where you are. He's a shepherd 
to the little seed. You say, I'm the smallest of all. I'm the least of the least. That's all right. The greatest of the great is our shepherd. And he's looking out for the little sheep. He's looking out for you and for me. And then I want to tell you, he was the last sheep. He was the shepherd to the last sheep. Now, when my dad goes out and starts looking to make sure none of the cows has got out, he don't start counting, and I don't know how many we have now. I don't know how many he has and uh, now. And uh, well, they keep having calves, and every time we turn around, there's an extra one on the ground. But if he goes out there and starts counting, and he's got a hundred of them like that man in Luke 15, he doesn't start counting 199, 98, 97, 96, 95. That's not the way he counts them. If he's going to count them, make sure they're all there, he starts off 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6. That's the way you count the sheep. That's the way you count the cows. And when the shepherd goes out and he has a hundred sheep and one's missing, number, sheep number one was not missing. Sheep number two was not missing. Matter of fact, sheep number nine 96, 97, 98, 99 were missing. You know which sheep was missing? Number 100. The end of the list was the one missing. The last, Not the first sheep, but the last sheep. Not the, my friend, the primary sheep, but the end of the list. The one that was the last sheep. Have you ever felt like that? You were the last one God had saved. You were the last one the Lord could use. You were the last one God had had mercy on. You were the last one that God would ever have used for anything. You were the last one the church would receive. You were the last one the church would respect. You were the last one that could be a witness. You were the last one that would ever have any talent. But God is the shepherd to the last sheep. And whereas you think you are so unimportant, you matter to God. You matter to Jesus. He's our shepherd for the last sheep. Matter of fact, Jesus said it this way. He that shall be first shall be last. And he that will be last to be first. Humble yourself under the mighty hand of God that He may exalt you in due time. Praise God, He has a plan for the last sheep. He's got a plan for the tail enders. He's got a plan for those at the end of the list. Jesus is our shepherd. The shepherd to the last sheep. I want to tell you, He's a shepherd to the loved sheep. You know why the shepherd went after that sheep? Because he cared about him. Because he loved him. Somebody said, oh, it's just livestock. If it's just livestock to him, why does he put him on his shoulders? If it's just livestock to him, why does he cradle him in his arms? If it's just livestock to him, why do you risk 99 unprotected to go after one that's at the cliff, at the precipice of despair and destruction? If it's just livestock, why does he come back rejoicing and say, rejoice with me? I found my sheep which was lost. You are more than a number to God. You are more than a, a my friend a account. You are more than just a, a social security number or an employee ID number. To God, you are special. You are loved. You are appreciated. Jesus is our good shepherd. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We belong to him. Hallelujah. Practical implications. And then number four, and I'm finishing there are personal implications. Personal implications. We've already declared that this statement is one of a personal declaration. I am the good shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. That means something to me. Personally. Because the Lord is the good shepherd, that means I am his sheep. <laughs> Hallelujah. Oh, Psalm 100 and verse 3 says, we are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Sheep are not noble like horses. Sheep are not brave like lions. Sheep are not wise like serpents. Sheep are not cunning like foxes. Sheep are not majestic like eagles. Sheep are vulnerable. Sheep are foolish. Sheep are gullible. Sheep are needy. Sheep are frail. Sheep must have direction protection, provision, and companionship. And oh, how I declare it this morning. I need Him every hour. Oh, I need Thee every hour, oh precious Lord. I need Thee. Oh, I need Thee every hour. I need Thee. I'm telling you, we 
need God more than we need our next breath. We need God more than we need money in the bank. We need God more than we need food in the cupboard. We need our shepherd more than we need anything. If we have Him, we have all we need. And if we don't have Him, we don't have anything. I know we think we're poor. I think we're rich and increase with goods. Have need of nothing. And know not that we are poor and blind and miserable and naked. I tell you how we need our shepherd more than we need anything else. You talk about essential services. What a peace we often forfeit. All the cause we do not carry. Everything to God in prayer. I'm telling you, He's more important than a drive through restaurant, than a mouse in a supermarket, than a financial service. Oh, I'm telling you, better access God this morning. Better access God. He's our good shepherd, so I'm His sheep. Me. <laughs> Hallelujah. Are you listening to me this morning? Amen. I'm not a goat. I'm a sheep. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. I'm not an intruder. I am not a stranger to the fold. <laughs> Woo! I'm not a thief and a robber. Last week we entered in by the door. And now we're a member of the sheepfold. I am a sheep. Oh, but then not only does it mean that I am a sheep, it means I have a shepherd. I'm not a sheep without a shepherd. I am a sheep with a shepherd. Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd. I am a sheep. I have a shepherd. Number three, I am in the fold. John chapter 10, verse 9. I am the door. That was last week's message. By me, if any man enter in, he shall be saved and go in and out and shall find pasture. I have a pasture. I have a place. I have a dwelling place. I'm in the sheepfold. Because Jesus is my shepherd. I'm a sheep. I have a shepherd. I have a sheepfold. And I have a sermon. I have a story to tell. I don't mean just a gospel message for me to preach because the Lord called me to be his preacher. But that's true too. But I'm going to tell you as a child of God, I have a story to tell you. Amen. Hallelujah. And if you are saved, you have a story to tell too. Hallelujah. Some of you right now probably thinking about your own story. About that time when the good Holy Ghost of God came by your way and made you aware of your sin. Made you know who you were, where you were headed. If God didn't save your soul, but let you know that Jesus was a good shepherd and with loving arms is calling your name. And you heard the shepherd's voice. And a stranger you wouldn't follow. Oh my friend, it soon will be 31 years since it's the Lord saved my soul. 31 years ago, right about this time, I was lost and condemned and in conviction and worried and afraid. Scared every time the light had shot up out of the airport over in Mount Zion that the Lord was coming back and I was not ready. But thank God today, I'm saved by His grace. I've been brought into His family. He's just wiped away all of my sin. And made me clean and right in his sight. Yeah. And he's been my shepherd and he's been my friend. Yeah. I'm his and he's mine. Hallelujah. Yeah. I have a story to tell. And I have a story to tell not just about what the Lord has done for me, but I have a sermon to deliver of what the Lord can do for you. Yeah. Hallelujah. If he saved me, what he's done for me, he can do for you. Yeah. Hallelujah. It is no secret what God can do. Hallelujah. Jesus said, I am the good shepherd. In the Old Testament economy, the sheep were offered up as as sacrifices for the sins of the shepherd. But Jesus said in our latter part of our chapter, I am the good shepherd. And he said in verse 15, As the Father knoweth me, even so I the Father... And I lay down my life for the sheep. All that came before me are thieves and robbers. They came to steal, to kill, and to destroy. They came to take your life. Everybody that before me is evil. They're corrupt by nature because they have the nature of Adam. But I'm not like them. I didn't come to take your life. I came to give mine. I didn't come to take your life from you, but to give my life to you. 
Jesus, my friend, is our good shepherd, does not have sheep dying for the sin of the shepherd, but the shepherd dying for the sin of the sheep. Has he died on Calvary to buy my freedom, my forgiveness, my place in the family? Oh, my forever place in the family of God. Jesus is the good shepherd and he lays down his life for sheep. But he didn't even stop there. This is what he said. I'm finished. Please come with a song. This is what he said. If I have the power to lay my life down, then I have the power to take it up again. Hallelujah. Brother John Michael, he didn't stay dead, and he will not stay gone. Praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Listen to me this morning. If you are unsaved, if you don't know the Lord this morning, Jesus is the good shepherd. He can birth you in the family of God. I am. Oh, again, I will say what I've said every week in these lessons and these messages. I'm so thankful he did not say I was. If Jesus was the good shepherd, here we are 2,000 years later, we'd be in a sore fix. But since he is the good shepherd, today... That means he can save you from the cliff where you're wondering about. The perils and danger and death and damnation of sin looming below. And like a dumb, blind sheep, you're stumbling along ever so closely to going off the edge. Most of you have no clue. Most of us have no clue how close we may be to meeting our Lord in the shape we're in. If you've never been saved this morning, you don't want to meet God like you are. You are not okay as you are. You need the Lord to rescue you. And He can and He wants to. You say, I don't know if God would have me. Have me. He's been looking for you. He wants you. He's searching for you. He's calling your name. Have you. He came to die to receive you. Nothing would please him more but to rejoice over one sinner that repents. More so than over 99 just persons that need no repentance. I'm going to tell you something probably breaks my heart more than any other decisions that I have to make. Especially right now. Is I need to give an altar call without asking people to come to the altar. We sung in the choir without asking you to come to the choir, but right now I'm going to give an altar call without asking you to come to the altar. I'd like for everybody to be able to come to this altar and everybody just pray together. Find somebody that's lost and just gather around them, put their hands on them and pray them through till they weep and rejoice and shout the glory. This morning I'm not giving an altar call to ask you to come to the altar. This social distancing stuff is pitiful and I despise it. But I'm going to tell you, God ain't distant from you this morning. (laughs) And I want to ask you this morning if you need to pray right where you are when she sings to kneel in that pew where you are and seek God. And we're going to seek the Lord with you. And if you need to be saved, the Lord will come right where you are. Are you listening to me this morning and nothing you have Your sickness, your sin, your guilt, your broken heart will not infect Him. You cannot corrupt Him. You cannot harm Him. Oh, He'll take it all on His shoulder. The leper cried, unclean, unclean. And the crowd ran. But Jesus said, come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. If you need to pray this morning, I beg you to call on Jesus. And I'm going to pray for you and with you too. Everybody stand. Everybody stand this morning. If you need to pray, she's going to sing. I'd encourage you right where you are to be to call upon the Lord to seek His face. If you've never been saved, I'd beg you to do it. 